Hello and welcome to Radio IAGP, episode number 040, episode 40. I'm Implausibly Josh, and thank you so much for listening. Let us hop right into questions. Uh, if you have a question, you can send them into radioiagp at gmail.com. We read them all, and we appreciate every single one that gets sent in. Here's our first email. Hey, uh, if you guys had to pick which aspect of game design is your favorite, for example, whether it be sound design, art design, gameplay, etc., which would you pick, and what game do you think epitomizes that design aspect for you? From Simph. Thank you, Simph. Um, I find that... I think it's sound design for me. I don't, I think when sound design is good, it's really, really, really good. I'm someone who likes to play video games with the music off and like listening to a podcast or, you know, listening to people talk or talk to people or whatever. The video game is just there to kind of keep me sort of busy, you know, like I'm talking to someone, but it's hard for me to just focus on just that one thing. So I'm doing something light in the background, like playing a game or something. So I really enjoy it when sound design really grabs me in a way that I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I want this to be the full attention. I want I want this game to be the thing that I'm giving my full attention to. Um, I can kind of get away with enjoying the pictures, enjoying the look of a game, or enjoying the gameplay of a game while being distracted. And it being better or worse doesn't mean that I'm going to be... I guess less inclined to do other things while gaming, but I think sound design is the thing that'll kind of wrap up everything in a game to make it so that I'm 100% engrossed by the game. I think the game that kind of gets that for me, the game that I cannot play listening to a podcast basically, is The World Ends With You. I think that the sound effects are really fun, the static and the noise of enemies is it is really great all of the powers have some good oomph to them the music blends in really well such that when i hear certain tracks for let's say like enemy encounters or something if i don't hear those first handful of sound effects and voice clips that go with it you know it it feels wrong almost like i'm not listening to the complete package and i think it also does really well with the uh the limited voice voice cast there's a it's not fully voiced but it's voiced enough and the voices you do get are really good at selling you on this is what the character's about this is their personality and so on like having almost every sound voice clip of joshua one of the characters from the world ends with you be just absolute jerk nonsense just rude this rude little kid it just sells you on how much of a jerk he is and it really drives it home that like the limited amount of time you hear this dude's voice and it's just him like giving you a hard time and like trying to rile you up and be a jerk for no good reason and i think it's just so good it all ties together so perfectly that like when I play that game, I want to experience every aspect of the game. The gameplay, the level design, the art design. Art design's incredible in that game. And the, the sound design is the thing that like brings it all together, I think, for me. I also think that sound in general is really important to me. For instance, like I draw. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you see that I draw a lot. And when I draw, I listen to music that tries to invoke a feeling that I'm trying to get through with the art or 
a feeling I associate because I, I do a lot of fan art, right? And so it's, you know, music that I associate with the character I'm drawing or anything like that helps me kind of put it all together for me. Just drawing in silence is hell to say the least. So yeah, it's, it's sound design. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the question. Here is our next email. Greetings. I hope this email finds you well in these trying times. This was sent August 31st. We are still in trying times. Um, what system would have been more successful with their own cute mascot? Crash Bandicoot is running around the empty Gamescom building wearing a mask, and that's just racking up the dollars for Sony, I'm sure, without looking up any actual inf- actual factual information. What system past or present would benefit from a mascot's shenanigans, and what would that mascot be? Thanks, Brian. Still me, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Brian, Brian? It's hard to say because I think... You'd have to just go with a failed system, right? You're talking your PlayStation Vita, Vitas. You're talking your Ouyas. You're talking your Dreamcast. You have to, because the benefit would have to be the mascot's marketing, right? And Nintendo's not in need of any extra marketing, I don't think. So, for instance, a mascot specific to the Switch wouldn't make a lot of sense. On top of that, if we think of like Crash Bandicoot being the Sony mascot, Mario's already the Nintendo mascot, so you would need something different than, you know, like you you couldn't it's just it's just Mario. You just put Mario holding the Switch and you go, "Here you go, it's a Nintendo." Like Mario's just the generic Nintendo mascot. The Switch doesn't need its own mascot. Maybe the I, I said the Ouya as a joke. But now I'm thinking, like, if the Ouya could have done some deal to make their own Android variant, right? Like the little green Android of Google's OS Android. I think that would go a long way in explaining what that box is. I think, and I think it would help, you know? Um, I think the cool thing about the Ouya, not not anymore, because I think a lot of that stuff's gone, but is that it was a little Android box. Now, this is... Also assuming that maybe this would help change perception in a way that might change the marketing of the product itself. So in this case, the Ouya's operating system was Android-based, but I don't think that it just had connectivity to the Google Play Store. However, I bet if there was that push and that push back from the consumers, right? Like, oh, you made this Android-based box make it more Android, maybe that's a thing that they do later on. It gets more support, they get more funding through that support, and then maybe they're able to add just regular Android or some partnership to put the Google Play Store on there or whatever, which I think would do, maybe not like, it wouldn't alter the course of gaming history, I don't think, but I think it would do better for the Ouya. You might see an Ouya 2 with more focus on on Android and it just being an Android box that's like specifically geared towards gaming. Maybe this pushes Google into either acquiring or working with them to acquiring Ouya, I mean, or working with Ouya more so that there is more of an incentive for developers to build games with controller support, for instance. Maybe you see the Stadia type stuff not happen sooner, but the seeds planted there a little sooner hey this android box maybe not powerful to run like the hottest newest games but sure could stream a video game and 
this thing's cheap enough and the developers are interested enough to develop for it, not only do you have games that work natively on the system, but now you have games that can be streamed on this system. So, you, but you just make it, make it a little Android knockoff. It's Android, but different. I don't know. That's my guess. That's my answer. <laughs> Thank you for the email. Here's our next email. Hey, Radio IAGP. Through some magical event, you are in charge of making a new Star Trek show. What kind of Star Trek show are you making? What's the focus? Thanks, Anonymous from Andromeda. Thank you, Anonymous. I think that if I were to make a Star Trek show, it would be combining like the best parts of Discovery with the best parts of a kind of straightforward Star Trek show. I like having the overarching narrative of an entire series, or I'm sorry, entire season. I like there being some mysteries to solve, you know, so that there's a little bit of added incentive to tune in every episode. But I also like exploring strange new worlds, meeting new civilizations, going where no one's gone before. I find that that is all wildly appealing to me in a way that, like, I, I, I don't dislike Discovery, for instance, but it's not the Star Trek show I would make. I'm happy that it exists, and I like it a whole bunch, and it is some of my favorite Star Trek at this point, but I feel like modern budget Star Trek focused on exploring and solving weird sci-fi quirks while also maybe trying to get to the heart of a mystery at the end of every season. I th- I think that's it. That's that's the thing. That's what I want. It's like the epitome of Star Trek to me. The other show, the other type of thing that I think would be neat would be something more like a slice of life type show and not in a lower decks comedy or adult animated comedy, but in a, you know, sincere thing. What does living in the future look like on the on the day to day? What does living in the future look like on the day to day in a not perfect utopia because there are things about the Federation and about the Star Trek universe in general that aren't great. Um, but something where what are the problems of that universe that you're facing on the day to day and not do it as like a I'm playing it for laughs type thing. I think that there's a tendency for that type of low-level examination, or low-level is not the right word, but low-stakes examination of properties like this, like Star Trek, like Star Wars, like any big nerd property, is that the assumption is is that the wacky adventures you see on screen of the show are what's happening all the time, all over the place, as opposed to this is the exciting thing that happened and is worth making a show about you know if you think of it as this isn't a fictional reality but a real reality that exists and we are just seeing a window into it we are only seeing the most exciting parts right you think of how people dunk on the hollow deck or the hollow suites and ds9 or whatever you want to call them right and how it's like oh they're always malfunctioning anytime you see them they're malfunctioning but how often do you see them right like if you let's say that there's 10 holodeck episodes in what seven seasons of next generation that's a pretty low percentage count of times where the holodeck didn't work and it was interesting enough that we focus on the holodeck not working in some wacky way and i 
I think that that's the thing that gets lost is like I think it's it's a goof right it's a it's a funny thing to think about it's like what if every time you went to go wash your dishes the dishwasher became sentient and tried to destroy you right like that's just funny it's a funny premise but I think that there is worth in just sincerely evaluating what life would be like in this world without making it all into a big joke does that make sense so those are the two Star Trek show that is kind of semi back to roots of original series and next gen, but still has the modern storytelling stylings of trying to solve a mystery at the end of a season or a sincere, not comedy based slice of life show where you're like following a handful of people on, you know, some cool satellite, some cool deep space station, like a deep space nine with maybe less of the baggage of deep space nine. Or maybe they're on a ship. Who knows, right? But those those are it. That's Those are the thoughts. I think I have time for one more. All right, let's go for this one. This one, again, an old one from August 10th. Greetings to you, O1 Radio IAGP. It is me, the Magnificent Brian, and I have one question. What type of candy bar would Mario eat? Thanks. Mario eats a Milky Way because of Mario Galaxy. And that's it. That'll do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions, please, or any type of emails, send them into radioiagp at gmail.com. We read them all, and I appreciate seeing them. You can follow me on Twitter at ImplausiblyJ. You can follow the brand on Twitter at ImplausiblyA. You can follow us on YouTube, Implausibly Average. Just search for Implausibly Average. You'll find us. Oh, and tune in this week on YouTube. It is the season finale of season two of Gentle Carnage. I'm very proud of what the season was and I think the season finale is great. So you should check that out and that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you all next time. Later. Super Mario Bros. 3 from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power.